The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. And we have an entire slate of football games to talk about. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Although it's preseason week one, so we're not going to get too caught up in that. If you missed last week's episode, Steve Fezzik, who is the star of the show, and you should follow on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports, he went into detail what to and not to do when it comes to betting on preseason football. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. I am merely Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, had a blast in my 20s, except every time I got fired, but whatever, I got over it. Anyway, um, and yeah, that's what we do. We talk about betting lines, especially as it relates to the NFL, but we get into a bunch of other stuff as well since we are year-round, and we are presented at betonline.ag, the online gaming website of choice for the Even Money podcast with the best odds and fast payouts. Steve, I am fired up that there's a full slate of games. I'm excited that you and I are going to officially get graded on and place our first wagers of the year, although we won't really get the results of them until after the season because we're going to do our AFC season-long win total bets this week. Next week, we will do the NFC season-long win total bets. I did want to ask you first, though, Steve, preseason week one, any lines, starting with tonight's game, Texans-Panthers, any lines really jump out to you? Any value do you see? Well, the one game that I bet, but the line moved dramatically, is the Cleveland Browns. This game shows how difficult it is to set preseason lines. Hugh Jackson is 0-8 in the preseason. So the odds makers are aware of that. They know that New Orleans has been no great shakes themselves in the preseason. So New Orleans at Cleveland, normally we'd make that a two-and-a-half, three-point Cleveland favorite. But because Cleveland is 0-8 and Hugh Jackson doesn't care about preseason, they made a pick em. And then Hugh Jackson came out and said, we can't start 0-4 again. 
We got to emphasize winning in the preseason. We got to make sure we don't go 0 and 4 again. Blink and that line's back to Cleveland minus three, and it shows how fast lines can move and how it's not personnel. Oftentimes, it's motivation that moves preseason lines. Wow. Just Hugh Jackson's comments like that made that much of a difference? It did because it, it was an easy handicap. Hey, he doesn't care about preseason. And, and then the coach comes out and says, I want to win these games. That um, makes a huge difference. Wow. All right. So that's the only line you bet, and you bet it when it was, when it was a pick em? I Yes, I did bet Wednesday night's game, tonight's game. I bet Houston, but I was catching two and a half points, and they just flipped into favorite status. All points are that uh, Houston, real good attitude in camp and looking to play hard tonight. And Carolina, maybe not as much motivation. Got it. All right. Um, uh, any other week one lines we need to know about? Any other preseason week one? You know, I wonder, too, sometimes, Steve, if you just think about you know, who's more likely to play their guys, you know, and, and how much, how much do the, the, the people, you know, the books, how much they read what coaches and beat writers say about how much certain guys are going to play? You know, the actual answer I think would shock you, Ross. The limits are low in preseason. A lot of books don't read anything. All they do is just follow the screen and move with the screen because it's so much work to do that research and you've got a limited staff and you're only taking $1,000 limit on games. I would say the vast majority of books don't even bother. They'll just let the money tell them when they look at the screen and the money moving and the bets that are coming in and move accordingly. Mike Zimmer's 12-1 and in the preseason for the Vikings. That explains why the Vikings have gone from a one-point underdog at Buffalo to a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Got it. All right. Um, let's get to the season-long win total bets. Bry, get ready for potentially some best bets. Bry, of course, if you're a new listener, is our awesome producer. You can follow on Twitter at RTF Podcast. That's really the first place where all of the RT media shows, whether it's this one or Fantasy Feast or Ross Tucker Football Podcast or whatever, who are the first – Brian's the first one to know when they're ready and posting them. Anyway, let's get to the season-long win totals. We're going to start today with the AFC. Um, I don't know if you have a different way to go about it. I guess I was just going to go alphabetical. If you have a different way, Steve, let me know. Alphabetical's good. Okay. Um, let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. They've had a rough preseason. They did add a guy like Austin Howard to help fortify the offensive line a little bit. Um, I'm currently seeing eight and a half as there. And if, and if I'm off, you know, I didn't, you know, may, my, I don't think my the stuff I look at maybe refreshes as fast as yours does. Uh, but I'm seeing eight and a half, Steve. Are you seeing the same? I am. There is vig, extra vigorous on the under right now, but eight and a half is the prevailing number. Yeah, and uh, boy, man, I don't know. I think I would. Um... <clears throat> so we're we're placing bets. These, this is serious now. I'm gonna put. I put one unit on the under. I, I don't have a good vibe about the Ravens again this year. I've got 
concerns about their O-line, and I've got concerns about Joe Flacco's back. Give me one unit on the Ravens on the under. Yeah, we're on the same page here. Um, what Todd Heap goes down, their, um, their starting lineman retires. Always a bad sign. We saw that with the 49ers a few years back when all of their good players suddenly decided they, want, they didn't want to play football anymore, Ross. So a, a sure sell sign on a team. Who knows about Flacco's health is he even going to be ready week one. The circus um, with why didn't you bring in Kaepernick? Um, and one game stands out in my mind. You probably remember this game. Baltimore last year was playing the Eagles at home, end of the year. They're up 27-17. They're in the red zone. The game's over. There's six minutes to play. And Flacco throws an inexplicable interception return 40 yards. They almost lose to a reeling Eagles team at that point. Only win by one. I mean, I really, I think that game shows how much Flacco really has declined over the years. And now he's not 100%. Baltimore under eight and a half wins. Two units. Love it. The best bet. Wow. We got out of the gate quick with the best bet. We both like the Ravens under. Next one's interesting to me, Steve. I'm showing the Buffalo Bills six and a half. I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, and I tend to look towards unders, not overs. So you're going to see a bias. Twice as many overs, excuse me, unders than overs for two reasons. One is if you normalize all these lines that are being thrown out here and average them, they're going to average to like 8.1 wins because the odds makers know people like to bet overs, not unders. So there's a bias. All the numbers are very slightly too high on average. Further, they change the overtime rules. There's only 10 minutes in overtime. There's going to be three or four games that are going to end in ties this year. Um, so it's not going to be as uncommon for ties to occur. If there's a tie, nobody wins, Ross. And that lowers the win expectancy for all the teams. Buffalo has benefited greatly, I think, from the, the demise or the problems of the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins this year. Initially, I thought six and a half was good, but because their division – Sands, the Patriots, is looking so weak. I'm leaning over on Buffalo, but there's just too much uncertainty for me with how good they're actually going to be. I don't know if um, they've been well-coached in the past few years anyway, so really maybe it doesn't matter how good that their coach is. So um, I could see Buffalo. They always seem to win seven or eight games, right? Um, I lean over, but no official play. Yeah, I'm going to put a unit on the Bills over. I, I even like the signing of Anquan Bolden. I thought that that was significant. Uh, I'm not feeling, and we'll talk about this as we move along, but I'm not feeling Jay Cutler with the Miami Dolphins. And the Jets, uh, they get worse by the day. It's actually hard to believe. It's, it's scary. I, I'm, I'm scared at this point. So I'm putting one unit on the Bills to go over six and a half. I think they're a seven or an eight-win team. But I, I, I'd be surprised if they were only 6-10. and 10. So I'll go, you know what? Yeah, I'll just go one unit. I'm, I'm a wimp. I'll go one unit on the Bills over 6.5. Next up, we have the Bengals, Steve. Your hometown Bengals, where you grew up. And I'm a little surprised. I, I was not expecting to see their season number be 8.5 like that. Yeah, and I'm going to play contrarian. I know the market does not agree with this at all. I know that there's some O-line concerns about the Bengals, and I'm a homer, so take it with a grain of salt. I'm going over 8.5 for Cincinnati. I think that 
Um, Cleveland's going to be garbage for one more year, and <clears throat> Baltimore is going to be down. Uh, I got a Bengal team. I know they can't win a playoff game, but in this bet, we're not betting them in a future to get to the Super Bowl. We're betting how many games they win. I've got one, two, three, four, five consecutive playoff appearances for the Bengals before last year when the injury bug got them. They lost their skill position players, many of them. And you look at that team, you got Eifert, you got Ross coming in, the speedster, um, number one pick with A.J. Green. You got a backfield with three really good backs now with Mixon. Dalton is an extremely good um, regular season quarterback. He's great in December on top of it, and a division that is not overly tough, a strength of schedule that is finally, for a long time, this has not been the case, it is a below-average strength of schedule because they had that down year. I'm going to put a unit on the Bengals over 8.5. Can't go there. I, I, I just can't do it. Um, I, I, I really just put a lot more stock, I guess, in offensive line play than other people do. Uh, I wonder why, but... You know, they lost their two best offensive linemen in Kevin Zeitler and Andrew Whitworth. And the guys they've got to replace them leave a lot to be desired. I think that they have firepower. I think that they'll be better. But I, I can't take them to get to nine wins. I, I think they're a seven, eight win team, maybe nine. I, I don't even really have a strong lean. I, I guess I would lean under. But I'm not putting any units on it. I think that that's right about where they should be. Up next, Steve, it's the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns number is four and a half, which you say that that's usually about as low as it'll go, right? Until the New York Jets came along, yes. (laughs) Okay, so until the Jets came along, four and a half is as low as they'll go. Boy, I think that they're improved. Um, and I think that they'll win two, three, or four games. I don't know that they get, though, to five wins. I just don't know that, that they get that quality of, of quarterback play to get to five wins. So I'm going to put a unit on the under. I, I don't think they get to five. I think that they win three or four football games this year, and they show some improvement. I don't think they get to five, though. So I'm going to put one unit on the under. Yeah, I was leaning that way, and the market may have fooled me on this. The market is roaring on the Cleveland Browns over. The money is pouring in on Cleveland over four and a half right now. So I'm kind of holding out for five. (laughs) I'd like to play under five. At four and a half, I'm just going to pass. As far as all that enthusiasm, they don't have a quarterback, and Hugh Jackson went one one and 15 last year. Prove it before I put any of my money on these Cleveland Browns. Uh, prove that you're a good coach and that that 8-8 eight and eight that you put up your year coaching prior to Cleveland wasn't an aberration of some sorts. I'm going to pass. Let's go to the Denver Broncos. This is a tough team for me to figure out, Steve. They are at 8.5, and, and you have the honors. Yeah, this is a tough one for me as well. Super Bowl champs just two years ago. Remember, they're Super Bowl champs arguably without a quarterback, the way Manning was playing, no better than the way that you are going to see their two current quarterbacks playing. Um, Certainly the Northwestern kid is every bit as good when he's healthy as an aging Peyton Manning was. He'll probably win the quarterback um, starting job. 
Um, my concern is that that defense that really was not that much worse last year it was an elite defense that just when when they got banged up on offense, they just could not move the ball. And I think they may have some similar problems putting up points, probably an under team over the course of the year. Their schedule was extremely difficult last year, one of the most difficult in the NFL, much easier this coming year, but still an above average strength of schedule and a monster difficult division with the Chargers better. Eight and a half looks just right to me. I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass as well. I, I, and pretty much for all of the logic, all of the reasoning that you gave, I think you nailed it. I just, I don't have a good feel for them. I, I feel like they are an 8, 9, 10 win team maybe. I, you know, their just division is pretty tough. I, I guess if anything, Steve, I would lean to the over for the Broncos, that they, that they get the 9 or 10 wins, but 8.5 feels like a really, really good number to me. I'm going to pass that one as well with a lean to the over for the people that just want to play every team. Uh, let's get to the Houston Texans. They are at 8.5, which it's an interesting number for them because I feel like they've beaten that you know, the last few years, and you'd like to think that they would be better this year. Does that number surprise you, Steve? It did, but NFL is a quarterback league, and when you don't have a quarterback, the betting markets refuse to put a season win number anywhere higher than eight and a half. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Um, you know, I think that's right about where they'll be, though. I, I think that they'll be about an eight-win team, maybe nine. I think much like I said about Denver, that's a good number. And so I'm going to pass another one. It's another one where I, I would lean over, uh, but I'm not going to wager a unit. I just, yeah, they're going to start the season with Savage, but that always feels like it's inevitable at some point. They'll move on to, you know, Deshaun Watson. Plus, I think their division's better. I think the Colts are better, Titans better, Jacksonville better. So I'm going to pass it. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, well, they're able to get to the playoffs with Brian Hoyer and the T.J. Yates of the world, um, or whoever they throw in there. Why can't they get there with Watson or with Savage? But then I thought, you know what, Hoyer's better than those guys right now. Obviously, Watson probably become a decent NFL quarterback, but um, leap of faith to think he'll do it in the first year. Uh, you know, one resource I look at is the Football Outsiders has their forecast of how many games a team will win. This was interesting to me. This is the one game that they differed the most from the marketplace. They only have Houston winning 6.7 games, which kind of scared the daylights out of me or anyone who's thinking about playing over. Um, I guess they value quarterback play tremendously. Um, and it's still an above-average schedule for Houston. I'm going to pass. Let's get to the Indianapolis Colts. They are at eight and a half. And boy, there's still all kinds of speculation about Andrew Luck. Tom Pelissero, six minutes ago from NFL Network, Steve, just said that he talked with the Colts general manager, Chris Ballard. All indications are Andrew Luck won't start the season on PUP, which, by the way, means he wouldn't be able to play the first six weeks. Playing in week one, 
is still to be determined. Luck has progressed in the throwing program the past two weeks, rebuilding motion and strength. But the Colts don't want their franchise quarterback skipping any steps or rushing. So, I don't know, man. The fact that they say all indications are he won't start the season on PP, that's not the same as saying he definitely won't. And then saying playing week one still to be determined, that kind of lends me to think that there's a decent chance he won't play in week one, Steve. What has been the movement on the Colts' win total with sort of all these different concerns about Andrew Luck? Yeah, and it's off the board in several places, as is the week one game. Other places still have the Rams, a three-point underdog week one. They still have the Colts at eight and a half, but the VIG on the under is more like minus $1.45 right now. But that is certainly still out there, and I think it's a tremendous free roll. I love Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck, when he's 100% healthy, is he's almost as good as Aaron Rodgers, second-best quarterback with Brady out there. However, the, you've got to look at the history. It's not just his shoulder. The lacerated kidney from running the, the shot that he took, Ross, I think that I, I think back to what happened to Drew Bledsoe when he took a shot like that, and it just ruins the quarterback because he just never wants to run again. And he's told by his teammates and his loved ones, what are you doing out there? And the reason Andrew Luck is such a great quarterback is because he has the wheels and the mobility, and he's willing to take off and run for the first down on third down. He won't be as good if he can't do that anymore, and especially if his shoulder – is only 80% for the year, and the rest of the team is garbage. Andrew Luck, if, if Andrew Luck doesn't play, they're, maybe they're better than the Jets, I guess, but nobody else in the NFL. They're going to win you know, four or five games. And so if Luck comes back and he's almost completely healthy, the Colts should probably go 8-7-1. So the number is right with him, free roll. He may not be right. We're going to go under for two units. I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you. This one feels like an under. I mean, now if he's healthy and plays week one, I think they got a decent chance to get to nine wins, but that's about it. I don't really see them being a double-digit win team, not with, you know, like I said, Jacksonville being improved, Tennessee being improved. I think that the Colts are a, a seven, eight-win team, maybe get to nine or ten, and that's if Luck plays the whole year. So I'm going to go with you and put two units on the Colts under. I love it. The best bet. Let's get to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their number is six and a half. And like we say for a lot of these teams, Steve, that feels about right to me. Um, You know, I think that they're better. And I've got some faith in Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone and the way they're going about building this thing with Leonard Fournette and running the ball and not putting it in Bortles' hands as much. But I'm not going over. I'm not, I'm not, I've lost so many units the last couple of years on the Jaguars. It's like, you know, Steve, the, the, I'm going to bet more on the Patriots and less on the Jaguars. Because the Patriots win and win you money, and the Jaguars lose me money. I mean, after time, it's like you got to believe what you're seeing. And so that's how I'm looking at it. I'm going to pass this one, but I'd be, I would lean under. If, if I would go anything, 
I'd go a unit on the under in Jacksonville because it could really, really go bad with Blake Bortles and maybe they'd bench him. And it could get ugly, actually, if he gets off to a bad start. The irony is that Jacksonville is indeed playing the Patriots this Thursday night. And, of course, the betting markets are betting Jacksonville down from four and a half to a three and a half point underdog in preseason. I'm with you. If you add up the pieces in Jacksonville, they're a fine team. Um, yes, Bortles is a bad quarterback, but absent the quarterback, they're as good. They've got the same talent as any playoff team in the NFL. But we've heard this story before. I got to ask you, Ross. You were on five different teams. Did you have one team that had a pretty good collection of talent, but the effort just didn't seem to be there? It was, seemed to be more of a paycheck city where team, guys were looking out after themselves instead of winning. Yeah, um, I, I would say that that happened a couple times. I mean, even the 2002 Redskins that I was on for half the year, they were a lot more talented than the Cowboys team I was on. But Spurrier was – I mean, you look at their defensive line. It was Daryl Gardner, um, Bruce Smith, uh, Big Daddy Wilkinson. Um, i trying to think who the other D-end was. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was pretty good, whoever it was. And then the linebackers were Jeremiah Trotter and LeVar Arrington and Jesse Armstead. I mean, it, it, what's different a little bit there is that they were a little bit older, I guess. But still, yeah, I mean, and they were a bad team, so – I'm with you on that. Let's go to the Chiefs. Their number is nine. I don't like a whole lot coming out of Chiefs camp at all. Um, but nine feels like about where they'll end up. They could get to ten. I could also see them being eight or seven. It feels like there's been movement here. Were they were they at nine and a half before, Steve? There may have been a rogue nine and a half, but they pretty much settled in at nine all summer long. Got it. Okay. Um, I think you're up first on this one, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know where to go with Kansas City. They never impress me, but Alex Smith takes care of the ball. They win the turnover battle, and because of that, they always overachieve versus their statistics. And so the Sharp guys expect a regression. They expect the Chiefs more likely to be 8-8 eight and eight than 10-6. and six. But um, I'm going to go ahead and respect the fact that they have found a way to win the close games the past three, four years, and probably more likely to do so. The division's so tough, though. I'm going to pass. Yeah, I, I would lean under here, and I'm tempted to put a unit on it. Uh, but, man, I just I have a, I had a lot of faith in Andy Reid. The division is tough. I would lean under. And if it were nine and a half, I'd go under. But for nine, I think that they'll probably find a way to get to nine. I don't see them getting to ten, though. I, I changed my mind. I talked myself into it. I'm going, I'm going uh, one unit on the under for the Chiefs. I just don't like the whole mindset when you get a young quarterback like that and you move on from Macklin. I don't like it. I, I think that permeates. Let's get to the Chargers, Steve. Their number is seven and a half. Uh, I really like the Chargers this year. I just don't like the injuries that have already bit them. Plus, who knows what's going on with the stadium and if there will be any home field advantage there. I am going to pass the Chargers. Seven and a half feels about right to me. I think they'll get the seven wins. I think they have a chance to get to eight or nine, but 
Seven and a half is a good number. I'm passing it. I guess I would lean. I'd probably lean over with the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers are officially my waffle team of the year. I've already changed my mind three times on them, Ross. Initially, I remember what happened to the Rams when they went to L.A., all the distractions, and they were awful. And I said, oh, here come the distractions for the Chargers. Do I sell my house? Do I keep my house? Do I commute and rent a place in L.A.? Do I even have a home field advantage in the soccer stadium? Too many distractions. I was going to go under. Then I took, took a look closer at the personnel, all the injuries and problems that they've had. And then, you know, they draft Williams, and the team is loaded with talent. And I'm like, oh, this is the easiest over I've ever seen. And then, as you mentioned, Williams goes down. Their number two pick goes down, Lamp. So already they've been snake bit with the injury bug early in camp, especially their rookies. And that distraction is real. You know, where am I going to send my kids to school? Where am I going to live? That's not a good thing. On paper, the Chargers are as good as any team in that division. Uh, the distractions and the injuries might get them. I'm going to pass. Next team up, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about, the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, since last week, Steve, there's been big news for the Dolphins. They now have Jay Cutler as their starting quarterback. How much line movement has there been? None. Now, this one, I don't understand no, I thought it was, I, th- I had heard it was half a game. I heard it was half a game. No, I'm still seeing. I'm seeing. I did see a seven, but I'm still seeing seven and a half for their season win number, Ross. And that's what it was before this. Yes. Wow. Okay. And you have to explain to me what in the world is going on here. Um, I didn't like Miami before. They, yes, they were a playoff team last year. But that was largely due to a cupcake schedule. I had their opponents' um, average strength of schedule. Their opponents were like 46.6% at a win rate this year, over 51%. So a huge increase in their strength of schedule. They had that one great game in the heat against Pittsburgh at home where they just ran Pittsburgh out. That was the only um, arguably impressive win that they had all year long. And I hate Jay Cutler. I, I know he's got the talent. What, I have one picture of Jay Cutler in my mind. I think it was the Giants game against the Bears where he got sacked 17 times or whatever it was. He's running out of bounds, and he throws the ball forward with his left hand instead of his right hand in disgust, basically flipping off his O-line that's not protecting him. He's just not been a team player. I know he's got good history with Gase, but he doesn't have the familiarity with any of the Miami receivers to think that he's going to come in and be comparable to where Tannehill was or even where Moore was, I think is a leap of faith. Yes, he'll improve over the course of the year, but early on I think it's going to be a big-time struggle. Not to mention, um, all right, I'm going from the north to the south is better than going from the south to the north, but playing in Chicago versus playing in the heat and humidity of Miami, that's a big difference as well. I think that this, the wheels could totally come off in Miami. I love under seven and a half two units. I'm going under as well. Uh, Cutler was unbelievably uninspiring in his press conference. I guess believably unbelievably uninspiring, if that makes sense. Made it pretty clear that he was really happy in life and happy hanging out with his sons and then and his kids and his wife and Adam Gase talked him into it, admitted he's not in shape, hasn't been throwing. Seems like a recipe for disaster. I will put two units on the under as well. 
Next up. Sorry, Bri. You're right. Best bet. Love it. Let's move on to the Patriots. They're at 12 and a half, Steve. And you know what? I'm leaning over. I'm, I'm leaning over. I think that they easily could be a 13 or 14 win team. I can't imagine them being any worse than a 12-win team. And there's even some chance that they win 15 or 16. I'm putting two units on the over for the Patriots. I've just seen this story too many times now. Yeah, in general, you're not allowed to put a season win number above 12, Ross. It's so difficult to um, to get there. By the way, Brian, you can grade um, – uh, go ahead and grade Ross at 12 because there are a couple of 12s still out there with some extra big. Um, and I think it's some 12s will pop up, but I agree with you, Ross. I think that what's happening here is that the odds maker is trying to follow the rules and the rules say, don't set a season win number higher than 12 ever. But the Patriots are the best team that we've ever seen. I know Brady's 40, but he's got his own personal chef and he doesn't eat anything but stuff that's good for him. And he's kind of a 35-year-old body instead of a 40-year-old. And the team is just so loaded. The division is so horrifically bad. You've got to feel the Patriots. Um, you're going to look at this bet and say, hey, I'm 10-0. and All i got to do is go 500 the rest of the way, and I'm going to cash my ticket. I just can't go over 12 and a half myself. I'll, I'll lean with you over how many times do we have to see at the markets undervalue the New England Patriots 16-3 and three against the spread last year. Many of those games, the so-called sharp money betting against the world champs. Let's go to the New York Jets. They're at four and a half, Steve. And they lost Quincy Anunwa, maybe their best skill guy, certainly their best receiver this week. It's going from bad to worse. Was there any line movement there? Well, every week the line goes lower on the Jets. So it just keeps dropping. It's four and a half in some places with Big Vig, four and others. I'm with you. I'm going under four and a half on the Jets, sure. Two units. I think this is a case where being an NBA handicapper is better than being an NFL handicapper because this is an NBA we want ping pong balls situation. The Jets have come out and pretty much said that they want the number one quarterback in the draft. They hope it's Darnold, but they'll take anyone that can help them quarterback the team. They don't have a quarterback currently. And I would be shocked if the Jets found a way to win three games. I think that, okay, I won't be shocked, but I'd be surprised if they win four and I'll be and I will not be surprised if they don't even win three um if they won five they should give Bulls coach of the year we're going under yep I'm going under as well two units for all the reasons that you mentioned I just I think that they could win two three maybe even four games but they're not winning five football games I mean I I, I'm gonna in fact I'm going three units I've never done that before I'm going three units I just don't see how they win five games this year. I don't see how that happens. Three units, it's a best bet, Bri. The best bet. All right, Steve, let's get to the Oakland Raiders at nine and a half. Yeah, and Oakland is the team that the public loves the most, Ross. They're betting the Oakland Raiders. I'm not betting the Oakland Raiders. I think that... There are some distractions already about their upcoming move to Vegas. It's still a few years away. But 
they they have a prolific offense and they won all of those close games last year and i just my experience has been things regress back to the mean they have an above average strength of schedule they only have seven home games and they have a game in mexico city against the patriots you look at their road schedule they basically have eight games where they're lined anywhere from a two point to a favorite to a two point underdog they're all pick them all of those road games and they certainly have many difficult home games including that game against the uh, patriots that's labeled a home game i'm going to go ahead and make a very unpopular pick here for raider nation the wheels come off seven and nine they lose the close games that they won last year the division is very tough i've seen this story before the oakland raiders were the worst 12 and 4 team from a point differential in the history of the nfl they only out out scored their opponents by 30 points per game they are closer to an 8-8 eight eight team and I've seen this before team gets in a roll confident winning all the close games then they stop winning them and all of a sudden locker room problems ensue when you're not winning uh the Raiders last place in their division seven and nine under two units yeah I'm not I'm not going to go there I don't think the wheels fall off I, I don't think that they get down to seven and nine but I'm not sure they get the double-digit wins. Nine and a half seems like about the right number to me. I would lean over. I just think they've got some of the really right people in place uh, in terms of the quarterback and Khalil Mack and some of the studs they've got. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers at ten and a half? I think they've got a chance to have a really good team, Steve, but they always lose a couple games that that they should win. And so I, I don't know what the deal is with them, but they always, always, always lose a couple games they should win. So it's hard for me to pull the trigger on the over for them, but I do think that they win 10 or 11 games. This is another one where I'm going to pass. And I, I, really don't, I really don't know which way I'd lean. I, I guess I'd lean over, but not much. I, I, I think this is a straight pass all the way for me. I think you nailed it. Pittsburgh is a really good team, but Tomlin has stinkers over the course of the year where the team just doesn't show up in dead spots. Boy, would I love playing over 10. Boy, would I love playing under 11. 10 and a half is just right. We pass. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly with you. All right, finally, Steve, and actually before we get to the Titans, I got to make sure everybody knows there's only one place to place all these bets, and that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code EVENMONEY on your first deposit so you score a 50% welcome bonus worth up to $2,500 in sportsbook free plays. Once you go to betonline.ag, you're going to see why they have an A-plus rating. Their odds open before the competition for pretty much all major U.S. sports. Steve talks about that all the time. And as any sharp better knows, the best value is in the early odds. Plus, they got a long list of props. You even get a risk-free $25 bet on your first in-game play. They've been around for 20 years. They take pride on paying their winners fast. Go to betonline.ag. The key is using promo code EVENMONEY so you can score a $2,500 bonus at betonline.ag. Again, use that code EVENMONEY. Steve, last 
but definitely not least this year is the Tennessee Titans. They are right on nine. What do you got? Yeah, so um, eight and a half is the prevailing number with Vig to the over and some nines as well. You know what? Either way, I'm looking over with, on the Tennessee Titans for two units. I think that if there was one sleeper team that could make the Super Bowl out of nowhere, it's the Titans. I love Mariota. I love that they can run the ball and they can pass the ball as well. So um, dual option threat, the defense, a little bit of a concern, but um, I'm having a flashback to the game where they absolutely blitzed Green Bay at home last year. I think there's a high upside to this team in a down division, and it's a quarterback league, and I think we got a quarterback that we can ride that has had some injuries, and as long as he can stay healthy, Tennessee can be an 11-win team over two units. Wow, okay. Over two units. Whew. You know, it's always tough when it's like a up-and-coming team. I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to go one year because I'd be surprised if they don't win at least nine games. They won nine last year. So I'll go over one unit. I don't know that I have as much confidence as you do, but um, it's always like that when it's kind of an up-and-coming team. I'll go over one unit. I love it. Several best bets. Uh, this week, as always, which is fun. Those are the ones that you should probably strongly consider. Next week, we will dive into the NFC, which is really, really fun as well. Good to talk about the Dolphins after what happened and the Jets with the non stuff. Other than that, that was a long episode. That was a long, well, long even money breaking down the wind tolls. I love it. Giving you guys the analysis heading into the season. He is Steve at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever your jam, I'm there. iTunes rankings, comments always are really appreciated, as is those of you that are kind enough to download multiple times on multiple devices. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.